and we're live. Hi friends, welcome to My Divorce Real Estate. I'm Amber Gifford and this is my husband and teammate, Scotty Gifford. Yes, and we're both divorce real estate specialists here in the Houston area. Meaning we focus on divorce and your real estate needs, typically your biggest asset. But today we're gonna talk about who gets to keep the house in a divorce, because why? Because the house is the lar- usually the largest asset that people acquire during marriage. And it's the number one question that we're asked, probably so because it's emotional, it's where you made family ties, it's where you started with your marriage typically, it's just a very emotional piece, right? Mm-hmm. So and we're asked all the time. Yeah, so it's, it's one of those things that plays into both financial and the emotional part of it. So it's a very big question and that's why we are tackling it, or trying to tackle it today. Absolutely. So the number one question is who gets to keep the house? And we live in a community property state. What does the community property state actually mean? Do you know? It's telling. Okay. So it means that if any property that was acquired while you were married means that it would fall under ownership of both parties. So any property that was acquired before marriage would be considered separate property, right? So in Texas, we're one of the seven states, uh, or maybe nine, I'm sorry, uh, states that are labeled as community property states where if you do get married and then you buy a property, all those properties, all those properties, whether it's just one or six or 17,000. So our choices are in a community property state to either buy one spouse out and you keep the house so one person stays and then there's an out spouse, or you can make the decision or a judge can tell you, hey, we're gonna be selling your property and you split the equity if there is any. So let's go over some of those options when you're talking about buying out your spouse versus just selling the home. Right, so I don't know that most people are aware and I wasn't in my situation when I got a divorce that if you do a buyout, it's contingent upon a loan approval and your mortgage payment goes up. And your mortgage payment goes up because why? Because you're actually buying out the equity of your spouse, plus you're having to pay off the old mortgage to get their name, out of, the mortgage out of their spouse's name or to get them off the deed. Right, there's obviously other things that come into play with that. Um, one of the most important things I think that I didn't know going through my divorce is if you are doing a buyout, everybody just assumes your mortgage payment's your mortgage payment. No. Not true. No, that's one of the biggest misconceptions that happens because what you're having to do is actually going to have to buy out the spouse's equity in that home. So your mortgage payment is going to at least go up by how much equity that you're going to be giving that spouse. Right. So your payment doesn't stay the same and it's all based upon loan approval as well. Yeah. You got to qualify for the new uh, loan approval because say, for example, you want to stay in the home, Mm -hmm. uh, but maybe you haven't been working or maybe your income doesn't support even maintaining this home, let alone supporting the the new higher mortgage that you have um, will will be taking on. Right, because it is higher, and then you have to get loan approval for that, and we can connect you to uh, loan officers that work in the divorce arena, which is what you want. You want someone on your side and your team who works in the divorce arena, whether it be obviously an attorney, a real estate person, a CDFA, or even a lender. So. Your options are in a community property state, which Texas is where we live and where we're divorced real estate specialists. One person can either buy the other spouse out, becoming the out spouse, or you can sell the home and split the so Let's talk about more about why uh, the payment is, is, it's not just the payment that we're going to be taking on if you're taking on the house by yourself. Right. So your payment's going up, number one, if you're going to keep the house. 
And then you're solely now responsible. Say it's me, I kept the house. I'm responsible now for the taxes and the insurance and the homeowners association dues um, that are come with that house at the year end, even if you're escrowing. So it's my responsibility to pay for those things as well as what else that everybody forgets. Well, the big one that a lot of people don't account for because you don't see it as a monthly cost that's fixed is, is the ongoing maintenance for things that are going to be breaking on the home. And so usually we kind of run of a, a general rule we kind of uh, play off of, which is going to say that uh, you can expect to spend 1% of your home's value in repairs yearly. And that could be, hey, my water heater went out. Hey, I got to fix the roof. Obviously, you're not fixing the roof every year, but that's going to be a big expense when it comes up to be, you know, maybe it's three years from now, right? Yeah, so just so you're understanding, it's not about, hey, I got to get the house clean. Oh, I need the yard maintenance. It has nothing to do with that. These are things that happen in a house, even brand new houses, new construction. Your mower is mowing and a rock goes flying through the window. Your window is $1,000 to be replaced. You did not account for that to happen. So it's 1% of the value of your home that you should mm -hmm. account for. If you're less, yes, you made it less. Yeah. So then we'll take Houston, for example, since we're here in Houston, say the average home in Houston sold for $320,000 last month, right? That was the average home prices, obviously averages up or lower. But if you take that number 1%, that means $3,200 per year, additional to the mortgage payment, insurance, taxes, principal, the HOAs, the, you know, lawn maintenance, the water bill, the internet bill, all those things that you're taking on by yourself. Now you have additional on one income now. Yeah. So we just want to make sure. And that's why we're here a lot is just to help you uncover all those unknowns that you might be walking through and just all with all this fear that's associated with divorce and selling the home or keeping the home. And we're just here to help you unpack all those questions and help you look at the big picture for, for today and for next year and five years from now because you don't want to just keep the house for one year and say okay well i'll just kick the, kick the can down the road right right definitely we're here for the big picture to help you uncover those unknowns and just to keep you educated so the big takeaways are if you live in a community property state and we're in houston and we do if you want to consider divorce or you are and you're wondering who gets the home there's options your option is one person buys out the spouse there's a home out spouse and the person that keeps them and when they do so there are things that um, factor into that loan approval and others that we talked about also your other option is to sell the home and split the equity um, on our website www.thegiffordgroup.net we have a fabulous mortgage loan calculator that can help you decipher what your payment would be you want to tell them about it well, so yeah, we do have the mortgage calculator, but also we're talking about the mortgage buyout calculator. Mm -hmm. So the buyout calculator is a little different than a standard mortgage calculator. The standard mortgage calculator would tell you if you knew the payment and all your taxes and HOAs, it would tell you how much your payment is monthly. But this calculator is actually going to show you how much equity you have in the home to split. But then also it takes it one step further and shows you how much equity you have to split after you pay, say, your realtor, your closing costs, or if you're going to do the buyout, how much with associated with those fees. And those fees usually... For a buyout, usually you can expect three to five percent to do a refinance cash out or to do the buyout, right? And those are two different things, but they, the cost will be about the same for either one of those. Yep. So check it out. That's at thegiffordgroup.net. However, I think it's really important that we should mention that when you are seeking to buy out your spouse, most people are going to tell you you can only take what up to eighty mm -hmm, percent of equity. That is not true if you're going to the right kind of a lender who deals in divorce you can take up to 95 percent 
So keep that in mind. And if you keep getting the turnaround, go back to the giffergroup.net and we can tell you how to find that person. Yeah. So that's that's really great information right there that Amber just shared with you because not everyone knows that. It's pretty much a big secret. When when me and Amber both went through our divorces separately, we thought that that was the case, that we both thought that 80% was the max you could tap. And that's where I left a lot of money and equity in that home when I we went through that situation. So, so play around with the divorce buyout calculator. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to us. We thank you for being here today. And Scotty and I are here to give you real life experiences and all your real estate needs. Bye everyone.